0: The scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from Genesis chapter chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. You may be seated. A couple of days after my son Jacob was born, I was in the hospital, standing outside of a big glass window where you could look in at all the newborn babies. I happened to have one of my cousins with me, who was um, probably in his early 20s, a devout Christian and like to be a little bit of a smart, smart aleck once in a while, like me. And as we were standing looking at these little babies, and my cousin was meeting uh, my son Jacob there through the window for the first time, and there were some other grandparents off to the side, my cousin turned and said to me very loudly, facetiously, so that everyone else could hear, isn't it just amazing to think that billions of years ago there was this loud explosion and here's Jacob. And, and uh, the people down the way from us looked over at him like he was crazy. And I thought to myself, well, that's, that's exactly how a lot of people look at where we came from and where little children came from. One of the top evolutionary biologists at Oxford, one of the leading proponents of evolution, and likewise an atheist, in an interview was asked about the origins of the universe. I'm going to read you what he said. This was his response. At some earlier time, somewhere in the universe, a civilization evolved, by probably some kind of Darwinian means, to a very, very high level of technology and designed a form of life that they perhaps seeded onto the planet, onto this planet. That is a possibility and an intriguing possibility. In other words he believes that creatures from somewhere else out in space are responsible for you. He really believes in aliens. That's where you came from according to that. <laughs> imagine if you will, imagine if you will a cluster of thousands of tiny ants on top of a watermelon that's floating out in the middle of the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, way out in the middle of the ocean. And these little ants are having a conversation about how this whole planet, where it came from, how silly, how silly humanity must look from the perspective of God in heaven when he tries with his tiny little brain to comprehend the universe that he has made and designed. When Job started to question God, There's that great chapter in the book of Job where Job says, or God says to Job, Where were you when I laid the the heavens and the earth? Where were you when I decided how deep the ocean must be? And so on. How silly man's intellectual attempts to try to explain our world, how silly that must seem to the almighty and all-powerful God who in his great wisdom put all of this together. But when we are left to our own devices, even when it comes to our most advanced intellectual abilities, man still cannot fathom the depths of God's creation. Just cannot fathom the immensity of it as well. God has to be the one who comes and reveals this to us. It's part of the fallen nature of our sinful human nature that that we can't comprehend this on our own. That God has to come to us through his word and say, This is how it happened. And so God, who is this transcendent and living source of all life, not only sets his creation into motion by the commands that we see in the text before us, but then he begins to adorn it and to shape it. One of our religion professors or professors at seminary used to talk about that just like someone creating a crown for a coronation, Uh, God would put all these beautiful gems on that crown, but then finally takes the one peak beautiful gem and Puts it at the top and that is humanity and he wants to have a different relationship with Humanity than all the other gems that he puts on this crown of creation But God is the one who by the word of his mouth has brought all of this into being Listen to what Jesus once said. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Sometimes we forget that, that the connection between all the things that sustain our earthly life and keep our bodies going and keep things functioning in the world is being sustained by that powerful, efficacious word of God that started it all at creation and continues even now to sustain all of this. The book of Hebrews even attributes it more closely to the second person of the Trinity. Listen. The Son, in other words, the word made flesh, is the radiance of God's glory, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Now just, just comprehend that for a moment in faith, okay? The very fact that you woke up this morning and drew breath, the very sunlight that has lightened your path today, so that you could get to your classes and things. All of that is because of Christ himself who sustains all things by his powerful word. Martin Luther said it this way, the miracle of life becomes commonplace by its recurrence, but it's still a miracle. It is still a miraculous event every day that we wake up. The summer I uh, happened to be flying in an airplane over the Badlands. And our pilot, uh, it was a beautiful sunny day like today, our pilot decided I'm gonna dip down very low and slow down so that people can view the Badlands. And we got this glorious view and it's just absolutely fascinating. For probably seven or eight minutes or so, we just slowly cruised above all of this amazing geography. I remember the lady sitting next to me was watching reruns of Survivor. And uh, I just... But uh, as we're going above the Badlands and seeing all of this, I, I was, and you could see the thinness of the atmosphere uh, in, inside of which we live, an atmosphere that's unlike any other planet or star or anything that we know of. And I was thinking that, you know, God has us living inside of this amazing, amazing place as we're flying along. And then to think that this same almighty God chose to take his son and place him into a tiny, single human cell, about the size you could put on the top of a pencil, and place that inside of the womb of a young virgin about 2,000 years ago, because he wanted you and me someday to get to see the creation of heaven. To think of the love that this God has for people like us, who, through our first parents and all of us, have pushed God away by our sinfulness and rebellion, and yet he still loves us. He still wants to be connected to us. God would have you view creation through the cross. He would have you look at your body, the world you live in, the food you eat, and everything, through the cross of your Lord Jesus Christ. Notice there your importance to God more important to Him than any other creature or any other thing that He's created. And notice that He has created all of these things on this planet to serve you and ultimately to be used to glorify Him. And notice also, as you view yourself and your life through the cross, notice how your constant union with God is His number one concern. That's the most important thing to Him, is that you and I through faith in Christ, stay and be united with him. Even though man pushed him away, God didn't, God didn't send a plan of salvation for the angels or the animals or the plants, but humanity, for you in particular. He wanted to reconnect with you and me, the same powerful God that made all things. And so that's why he has taken the same word that he used to create everything, and even now sends it down into your heart to convict you of your sin, to bring you to the cross, to see what your Savior did for you, to to let you know of the great forgiveness and mercy that covers all of your sins and the holiness in, in which he dresses you so you could come to heaven someday, all with his intense purpose that you someday would get to see a perfect creation once again. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Amen.